For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at MyPillow.com. Woo! Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. What's happening, Rebels? Good morning, good day, good afternoon, good evening. Hope your week is going well for you. Got a good pod for you today. It is a Moms on the Mic episode. Our guest is Deborah Falletta talking about love in every season, saying in all seasons, you can find things to have joy with. You can have joy. You can have intimacy. You can learn. You can grow in every season of life. I was just thinking that I met a woman who's pregnant. It's her first. And I was going back through all the different stages of life with Lincoln and Lucy, talking to her about each stage and how much I learned and how much I grew and how amazing it is. You can do that with marriage. You can do it with parenting. Let's dive into it. Here's a Moms on the Mic episode with the Atomic Mom and Producer Kay with Deborah Folletta on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Good morning. Hi, Moms on the Mic. Welcome. We are so glad you have tuned in and are listening Today, I think you are going to be blessed. We have Deborah with us. Deborah, how do you pronounce your last name again? Faleda. Faleda. Oh, I like that. It's like there flavor. You go. Flavor. <laughs> so we are just so excited to have you, and we get to talk with you about your new book, uh, Love in Every Season. And yeah. so how powerful that is for people listening, just to discover, you know, where you're at in your marriage and what is possible in all the different seasons that we face. So thank you, Deborah, for being on with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Mm. We would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners mm. who may not be familiar or they were like, hmm, how does that sound familiar? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I am a licensed professional counselor and um, I run the largest faith-based relationship advice blog. It's called truelovedates.com. That's awesome. Um, and I'm also, yeah, thank you. I'm also a um, author of three books so far. Mm. Woohoo! Wow. Right. What are your other books? I know we're interviewing you on this one today, but yeah. what are your other books out there? My first book is called True Love Dates, and it's a book about dating for singles, healthy dating, and your guide to finding the love of your life. <laughs> and then my second book is called Choosing Marriage, and it's basically the survey results of surveying a thousand singles and a thousand married couples and comparing and contrasting the expectations of marriage to the reality of marriage and some really tricky spots to navigate. Oh, that wow. sounds fascinating. Yeah. And then this book, of course, Love in Every Season, about mm. the four seasons of a relationship. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. I keep thinking there's some commercial on one of the shows I watch on Hulu, and I think it's for Match.com, <laughs> but she just groans and groans about dating and I mean, I want to send her the book or send it to Match.com and be like, hey, check this out. Go for it. <laughs> we have a resource for this, you. This might solve some of your dating issues. Yes. Oh. That's funny. Well, one thing that 
caught our eye with this book is that Laura and I, we love to go to mops groups and women's groups and talk about seasons in marriage. And we Mm. specifically have talked about intimacy and those seasons of marriage, but you kind of cover the whole gamut, which is so beautifully done. And we would love for you to tell our listeners walking through each season, Mm. what does that look like in our marriages? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as a counselor, I've kind of noticed something as I've been working with clients, couples, premarital counseling, or couples who are struggling in marriage. And that was just as nature cycles through four seasons again and again and again. Yeah. So do relationships. Mm. They cycle through these stages again and again and again. And each time you go through these seasons, Mm -hmm. you have the opportunity to grow your relationship, to deepen your roots and your connection with one another. But if you don't recognize the seasons, you're not going to be aware of them. You're not going to be able to use them to help your relationship thrive and grow. So those are the four seasons and they're spring, summer, fall and winter. Mm. Yes. Okay. Let's give a, a brief summary of what each of those seasons yes. are. Please. Yeah, for sure. So we'll start with the season of spring. Okay. Spring in nature is the season of new beginnings. It's the season when your emotions are blossoming. Yes. Your attraction is blooming. Mm-hmm. There's a connection there that's starting to happen. There's a lot of excitement, infatuation in the season of spring. But it's also the season of planting seeds. You know, in spring, mm-hmm. we get our gardens ready, right? Mm-hmm. In relationships, you have to be intentional mm-hmm. about planting seeds in the season of spring because those are the things that are going to take root and produce fruit later on mm-hmm. in your relationship. Well, I, And spring when, is all... Oh, sorry to interrupt, No, Deborah. yeah, tell Would me. planting the seeds be connected to like, I'm trying to think of a tangible thing like a date night, like Ryan and I... We haven't had our date night as much as we've liked, but would that be like planting a seed for intimacy or things like that? Absolutely. Two of the seeds I specifically talk about are the seeds of friendship Mm. and the seeds of faith, because those are two really important components to a relationship that's going to last a lifetime, you know? So we talk about that. I also talk about in this section, uprooting the weeds. You can't just plant the seed. (laughs) There's some things that have to be uprooted, right? Yeah, you have to tend to it. Not healthy. You have to tend to it. There's some, sometimes, you know, I'll just take a moment because I'm sure that a lot of the women listening are like me. We've got little kids, you know, I homeschool my little kids. There's activities, there's lessons, there's this, there's that. And sometimes your life gets too busy and you can't cultivate a healthy marriage in that environment because there's too many other things. And so looking at our schedules is even a factor of this and figuring out what weeds do I need to pull? What's getting in the way? Mm. What is choking out our relationship? So it's really a season of being intentional about planting and pulling And then it's also the season of growth. A lot of growth happens in the season of spring. And, you know, one thing that I have observed in that season specifically is that if you give too much in a relationship, it will die. Mm. But if you give too little, it also dies. And one analogy that really helped me see this was my husband always gets me these plants and I am really bad at keeping plants alive, but at least I keep my kids alive. Yeah, exactly. 
That's important. (laughs) So it's important, right? So I just tend to forget the plants and neglect them and they shrivel and die. So he got me these succulents because you're only supposed to water them once a week. And then you're supposed, they're made to be neglected. Yeah. Yeah. The problem was I would look at them and be like, "Ah, did I water them already? (laughs) Or did I not? I don't even remember what happened this week. So I would just water them again. Yeah. And I ended up overwatering them. Yes. And the roots rotted and they died. So right now on my desk right here, I have, let me just show you. This is kind of funny. Okay. I have these fake succulents. They're plastic. <laughs> That's I what I need. You've been demoted to fake. <laughs> I've been demoted. This is all I but can But then handle. you feel successful all the That's time. That's true. <laughs> exactly. You don't feel it so great. They're but tiny. the funny thing about this is there's such an analogy here because yep. relationships are the same. We don't consider that. We, as Christians especially, we're taught to give and give and give and give and give and give. Mm-hmm. We give without limits. We give without expectation. We give without boundaries yeah. to the point where we are unhealthy and drained and depressed right. and yeah. anxious and we've got nothing left. Mm-hmm. Yep. That impacts relationships. Yeah. And so in this season of spring, I talk about the importance of making sure we're not cultivating one-way relationships, making sure we're expressing our needs communicating what we want, expecting a relationship to be give and receive. And then I even address the reasons why we can be over givers. You know, there's a lot of psychological (sighs) stuff from our history, from our past Mm. that makes us either give too much or give too little. So I kind of address the different personality types in detail Mm -hmm. and just explain some of the reasons why. So all of that is kind of underneath season of spring. Okay. Ooh, that's a good one. Good to know if you're in there (laughs) in that season, right? Because I'm going to want to know where to go. Right. right? Yeah. Mm. All right. Summer. Yes. So then we we move into the season of summer and Mm -hmm. summer is when things get hot. I love that you guys are taking notes. Like this makes me feel like so comfortable. (laughs) You just, you know, taking notes and talking back and forth. I love taking notes. (laughs) Me too. My books are all full of like highlights and that's how I roll too. (laughs) But anyway, the season of summer, things get hot and you start revealing who you are. You start Mm. shedding your layers, you know, like you're starting to get to know each other in a really intimate way. Mm -hmm. And we can all kind of think through when this kind of happened in our relationship. You know, I think about my husband and when we finally started like taking off the facade and showing Mm -hmm. a little bit more of our true colors. I even remember the first time I came to meet my husband without makeup on. Mm -hmm. We weren't married yet. (laughs) It was the dating phase. But that was like. A big oh, that's a big deal. Yes. <laughs> I remember Hello. that. I was in my 20s. That's not really a big deal when you're in your 20s, but right. you think it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, you start revealing yourself. Mm-hmm. And summer is a season of intimacy. It's the season of developing emotional intimacy mm-hmm. and spiritual intimacy and also physical intimacy. So there's a lot of things in the season of summer that kind of push you to connect Mm. if you can identify those things and navigate through them. Okay. Hmm. So on the flip side of summer, though, would it be so if summer is about intimacy, would the flip side be like stonewalling and running away or hiding? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Okay. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, The flip side would be a lack of intention Mm. and and not building those emotional connections with one another. Mm. One thing I'll I'll mention about the season of summer that comes to mind 
is my son is terrified of spiders and spiders tend to come out in the season of summer, right? There's spiders everywhere. Yeah. And so I'm a counselor. So one thing that you do when somebody has a really strong phobia is you do something called exposure therapy, where you slowly start to expose yeah. them to that fear in a safe environment. You talk them through it. So Eli and I have been kind of working on helping him with this fear. So we go out to the garden and we see the spiders. We go to a pet shop and we look mm -hmm. at the tarantula behind yep. the screen. We've learned about spiders. We've researched them and we're kind of slowly working our way into it. And one thing I've actually learned through this process about spiders is that their web the silk of their web is so strong. It's stronger than steel. I've wow. heard that. And scientists are trying to use that web to figure out how they can medically create something. It's stronger than a bulletproof vest mm. when you have that right amount of silk. And it just made wow. me realize in relationships, there is this silk, these threads that are being woven, connecting you to somebody else, millions of tiny little threads mm -hmm. that are part of developing emotional connection with somebody. Mm -hmm. And all of the things you share with each other, it becomes one more web, one more strand that holds you together. Your hobbies and interests, sharing your affections, your ideas, your emotions, your conversations. Mm -hmm. And so in the season of summer, I talk about how you need to cultivate emotional connection. But not only that, there's a protective element. You have to protect yourself from developing those strands with the wrong people. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, right. Sometimes that's how we don't what have leads boundaries. to affairs and things. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm. A lack of boundaries. We're just pull, putting strings everywhere we go, <laughs> connecting with people. Right. And, and we're not work. realizing that these mm. strings are valuable. Yes. And they, they have to be directed at our spouse. Ooh, and that. so that's kind of some of the things that what would be the opposite, like you were asking, is a lack of intention yeah. mm -hmm. in the season of summer to develop that emotional bond, to even assess it and take inventory of like, how healthy are we with this area? Are we even yeah. connecting the way we need to be? Yeah. And choosing marriage, going back to that second book, I told you I took all these surveys. In choosing marriage, one of the survey results that just boggled everybody's mind was mm -hmm. that when it comes to communication and marriage, Singles thought that married couples talk at least seven hours a week in the survey. Okay. But m the average married couple said they were talking less than 30 minutes a week. What? What? Less than 30 minutes of significant quality one -on -one conversation quality a week. Oh, wow. I could totally so, believe that. So think about the emotional web that we're building or not building in the season of summer. That's mm. incredibly eye-opening. It makes me want to go have a conversation with my husband. <laughs> I know, seriously. Oh, wow. Man. Wow. Ugh. So anyway, those okay. are some of the, the intimacy factors in this season of summer. Then we can move on to the season of fall. Okay. Okay. And fall is when your true colors start to shine through. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the green is gone. And you realize, okay, we're two different people, <laughs> two different hobbies, personalities, family of origin, expectations. Like we are not the same person and yeah. we don't always get along mm. and we don't always agree. Yeah. Yes. And so fall is a, a really beautiful season because there's vulnerability there. When the leaves fall, there's nowhere left to hide, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. And that can be scary, but it can also be an invitation yeah. 
for deeper connection. And so fall, we kind of talk, the season of fall is all about conflict and communication Mm. and how to navigate those differences, how to understand our compatibility. You know, Christians talk a lot about character, which is really important. It's so important. And non-Christians talk a lot about chemistry, Mm -hmm. which is also important. But we've got to talk about character and chemistry and compatibility. Yeah. You know, that's something that we don't often talk about. What, right. what, how compatible are we and where are we incompatible? What do we need to work on to become compatible? Mm. And so these are some of the topics that we really bring to the forefront in the season of fall. Mm. So with the compatibility, how do you coach a couple that is trying to figure out if they are compatible and then once they discover how do they work through that yeah well you know at the end of the day a lot of us aren't actually compatible right (laughs) right we we really struggle in a lot of different ways but I I like to think of it kind of like a puzzle piece you know when you're doing a puzzle you're not going to find a piece that exactly matches your piece That's not how you put a puzzle together. Mm -hmm. You find a piece with similar colors and the pieces kind of are opposite shapes, but they fit together. And part of the problem when you're dating is you don't know yourself well enough. So you don't know what fits into your life from what doesn't. Yeah. You know, in True Love Dates, my first book, I dedicate so much time to the idea of knowing yourself Mm -hmm. Because you need to know yourself so that you know who matches your life and who doesn't. And for those of us who are married, you know, that you're going to find a whole list of stuff in Love in Every Season about areas where couples struggle with compatibility, including personality, including finances, including family of origin, including cultural differences. There's so many things that I kind of talk you through. Yeah. But the key is to remember that compatibility isn't the sum of your differences or similarities. Mm. Compatibility is your ability to come together. That's awesome. Your ability to learn from one another. So really compatibility is more of a stance, an approach that you take that's saying, I am going to learn from this relationship that God has put me in. I'm going to use these differences to find balance and to become the best version of myself. Mm. My husband is so laid back (laughs) and I am like type A, I am the gas, he's the brakes in the relationship. Mm -hmm. But you don't come into marriage and say, well, this is just who I am. You come into marriage with a stance of, How can I learn from you? How can God use your personality to shape my personality? Mm. And God has used John in my life to teach me how to rest, to teach me how to be present, to teach me how to enjoy life. And he's used my personality in his life. So that to me is what compatibility needs to look like when it comes to our relationship. Well, I think that's so powerful because I think maybe people have already been thinking that, but that really shifts the way you look at compatibility because you are the owner of it. It's an attitude, like what you said, it's a stance. I can become compatible in multiple areas. Even if, you know, there's been abuse or family of origins different or cultural differences or faith differences, you know, like, I mean, that's huge to look at compatibility that way. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'm assuming what you mean is, differences in like our denominations and our beliefs and our theology and you know because there is obviously you know we're not saying necessarily that 
you should just marry whoever <laughs> yes. right. and make it work. But in marriage, once you've made that commitment, yeah. these are the pieces you're left with and you've got to figure out what your role is right. in I get, putting them together. I guess for me, I have a girlfriend I was just talking to in the last month and she was saying, well, we're just almost basically we're not compatible. I mean, that wasn't the word she was using, right? but right. it like struck me. I was like, well, maybe you are, but you just don't know it because yeah. I didn't think of it as an attitude. Right. Exactly. Was, we define it as we don't fit together. Yeah. We have so many differences. But who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You I'm, don't marry your twin. No. You don't marry your identical self. No. You know, you marry somebody who is different than you yeah. and you learn compatibility along the way. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. for sure. That's well, I'm not using like that as an excuse. Like, oh, we're not compatible. I'm just going to get exactly. divorced. Like, nah, you can't weasel. Exactly. Can't weasel out that way. Because <laughs> you're not going to be compatible. If you're not compatible with Sam, you're not going to be compatible with Joe. <laughs> exactly. Right. There are going to be things that come up in every relationship. One thing I say in love in every season, I think I do say it in the section of fall, is that no matter who you marry. Mm. There is a set of conflict that is going to come up to the surface. Yes. Maybe with Joe is Joe isn't good at taking correction, but Sam struggles to be honest. Mm-hmm. So like there's going to be something yeah. with every set of people that you put together. There's going to be a different set of conflict. Yeah. So it's not that marrying somebody means that they're going to be this magic perfect fit with no struggles. Yeah, you know? for yeah. sure. Well, and the conflict is I'm assuming going to provide for the intimacy and the thing like you don't have to resist it anymore. It's an invitation Mm -hmm. to connect and we can use it as that or it can push us apart and pull us away from one another. And that's why recognizing it in this season learning how to navigate through it is that's why I say these seasons will make or break your relationship depending on how you navigate through them. And that one thing I love as a counselor, I'm all about personal responsibility. What can I do here? Mm -hmm. Because if we don't have responsibility, then we have no control. Like it's just how the stars align and it is what it is. No, God has given us Mm -hmm. a personal responsibility to move toward him and to pursue healthy relationships, you know? No, it's in our hands and he's given us the grace to be able to do it. Oh, Amen. I love yes. That. <laughs> we like to say it's the staying in your own lane, mm-hmm. which is exactly yes. the same thing. And Just like you, you shared, yeah, like getting the healthiest version of yourself, right. mm-hmm. you know, doing the work. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we move into the season of winter. Okay. Right. Winter sounds winter scary. Is, <laughs> it does sound scary. I know. But, you know, each of these seasons has their scary aspects, mm-hmm. their hard aspects, mm-hmm. and their good aspects. Yeah, so sure. let's start with the good of winter. Okay. Winter is the season when you start to kind of combine your worlds and become one. And you tend to have a high level of comfort in winter. Mm-hmm. You know, the long days, it's comfortable and cozy. You kind of really know each other. I have to just tell you a funny story about winter I remember when I was dating John, my friend was like asking me, but when you guys get married, she's like, can you ever imagine him walking in on you when you're going to the bathroom? (laughs) And I was like, never, (laughs) I would never do that. And then just a few months ago, I'm like, Hey hon, can you bring me a roll of toilet paper? (laughs) 
We have arrived. <laughs> the comfort. Yeah. The comfort levels have, have changed, right? Yes. And there's something beautiful about that yes. comfort in winter. It really, there's something so intimate about that, you know? Mm. But at the same time, if you're not careful, the comfort of winter can turn into something dangerous. When you think of a natural disaster, what comes to mind? Tell me a, the first natural disaster that pops into your brain. Hurricane. <laughs> yeah, I think devastation, chaos, earthquake. Okay, yeah. so hurricane, tornado, <laughs> yeah. flood, whatever, right? Yeah. We think of something crazy. Would you ever think of frost as a natural disaster? You probably wouldn't. But when I was studying for this book, I read an article about this man, a farmer in Australia, who lost 90% of his crop from a frost. His entire livelihood was destroyed. Wow. And that, to me, is so reflective of the frost of apathy mm-hmm. that happens in a marriage. You're so comfortable that all of a sudden you wake up one day and the relationship has cooled off. And there's frost. You're apathetic. You don't even care anymore. Mm. You know, you're just like, whatever. I don't need, you're not even, yep. you're not being intentional. You're caught up in the mundane mm. and you're not living the relationship that God intended for you. Mm. So the frost of apathy is something that is really dangerous mm. in winter because nothing's terribly wrong, but nothing's terribly right either. And yep. so many couples are just stuck in that. And that's what they think is it. This is the end. This is what our relationship is going to look like for the next 30 years. But that is a lie from the pit of hell. Amen. That's not what God intended. Amen. So Mm. how would you coach marriage that's feeling like they're stuck in an apathetic winter? Yeah. You know, uh, one thing I love about uh, scripture, especially uh, the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, it's a list of action words, right? It's just all things we need to do, huh. you know? What love is, is a bunch of actions. Yeah. Huh. It's not just things we feel, right? right? right. Patience, mm-hmm. kindness, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, like it is not self-seeking. Love is things that you do. And so when I look at the season of winter, I think, what do we need to do in order to bring spring back? Mm-hmm. What are the seeds that we need to start planting again in this season? How can I take this hard soil and start cultivating it and turning it into something better? How do I change my heart? It's by acting. Mm -hmm. I have to do, I have to start doing things differently Mm -hmm. if I want to expect things to look differently in my relationship. And so that's the key in Mm -hmm. the season of winter is to really take inventory of what you are doing or not doing Hmm. and what needs to change in that season. And the beauty of it is that just as nature cycles through these seasons, seasons aren't meant to be stayed in. Yes. They're meant to be passed through. Right. So there is that hope and that promise that spring can come again. And so that's really what I encourage couples is to really just take inventory of what they're doing. And if you're in a marriage where one party is interested in doing and the other party isn't. Right. We hear that all the time. You do. Then you do it. You go ahead and you start the work. You get as healthy as you can. You go to counseling Mm -hmm. on your own. You do the work Mm -hmm. and you trust God with the other part that you can't control. Because I guarantee when you start shifting, it will start impacting your relationship one way or the other. Sure. You know, and so there's that key there to pursue healing even while you're standing alone. Mm. Do you know some of the reasons why 
we end up in that apathetic relationship? Mm. Like, have you seen as a counselor certain markers that, you know, are common amongst all the people you're with of why they end up there? Because it's so prevalent. It is. Well, you know, I always say that how you navigate the other seasons will indicate to me how severe your winter season is going to be. Wow. Oh, snap. That's really good. Because if you're not navigating, you know, the growth of the relationship yes. in spring and planting the seeds, and then in summer, you neglect that emotional connection, that sexual connection, that spiritual connection yep. with you and Jesus and your spouse. If you're neglecting, if you're not navigating conflict well, and you're just shoving things under the rug, yeah. you're not communicating what you need, you're being passive in your relationship in, yeah. in the season of fall, you better believe when winter comes around, it's going to be brutal. Yeah. It's going to be hard. <laughs> your winter oh. is going to suck. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's not going to be easy. No, you know, very cold. but that to me, winter is also the point where I say, you know what, let's right. turn this train back yeah, around. Yeah, like let's launch back into spring. Yeah. Let's do it right this time around. Let's pass through it in a different way yeah. this coming year. Let's be intentional. Yeah, you know, so winter that's can kind of wake you it's up. It's not the finish yeah. line. Mm. Exactly, it's not the finish line. It's the starting point. Like God. Mm. Good change us, change my heart, change this relationship, give us next steps. One thing that people might be happy to hear is that at the end of each chapter in this book, there are reflection questions for singles, but also reflection questions for couples to help you take the material and start applying it to your life. So it'd be great um, for like I a think group, like a married helpful. group or a small group. Or, or just you and your spouse doing it together. Mm. Or like, yeah, absolutely. Just the talking points are what take it from being just information right. to then applying it to your life. We actually even developed a quiz online, a free quiz at my website, truelovedates.com. And it's just a quick five-minute quiz to kind of tell you what season your relationship is in. Ooh. And good. where can um, they so find you might, that? Again, what, at True the website is truelovedates.com. Okay. I'll awesome. put it in the comments above. Yeah, later. absolutely. So there's just resources out there to kind of help you get started on, you know, unpacking this process. And let me just add this. You don't get into winter overnight. Yes. Yeah. And you don't get out of winter overnight either. Oh. You know, this is a process. Yeah. This is a pro- Seasons don't just, it's not a blink of an eye it and it's happens. a new season. Yes. Yeah. It's a process and we have to have patience with ourselves and our spouse and with the process in general and make sure our expectations are healthy. It takes Mm. work to get in it and it takes work to get out of it. So just a piece of hope there that just because you start doing things differently today doesn't mean tomorrow is going to look differently. But in time, the season will change Mm. in time. You know, things are going to be better and and you're going to start seeing new fruit and new growth. Mm. Oh, Deborah, that's awesome. I think that gives so much hope. Just realizing that you don't have to fix everything today. You know, just exactly that marriage is for a lifetime. Now let's just get back to what we wanted in our vision and go again. And right. Exactly. That's really good. That's awesome. Well, is there anything else that you would like to hit on that maybe we didn't touch on walking through the seasons? 
Well, I guess the one thing I would say is that, you know, I think when you're dating to also make sure you're going through these seasons properly mm-hmm. um, and making sure you're seeing the seasons play out. They look a little different in dating. And I kind of through the book talk a little bit to those who are dating mm-hmm. and those who are married separately. Okay. But the key is really making sure you see the seasons, you see the ingredients to a healthy relationship before you commit mm. to it for life hmm. because it looks different once you're in it. Yeah. You know, the process then looks different. It's a lifelong commitment. Hmm. That's right. good. Well, and I think too, I was just thinking about with marriages, I feel like you kind of hit the seasons over and over again and it's different <laughs> every time. Do. Yeah. So it's like the, you know, at least for me in my marriage, I think of like year one through 10 was a whole around the seasons thing. Mm-hmm. And now we're, I'm in year, what am I? 15. 15. <laughs> I feel like we're kind of going around that circle again mm. and going even deeper. So it's yeah. almost like a never ending. You're absolutely right. Circle around the sun. <laughs> <laughs> For so. sure. You're absolutely right. And each time you go through new things, you know, new invitations for intimacy and connection, new layers of healing that God can do in our hearts. And he keeps bringing things to the surface and then we deal with them a little bit at a time. And so uh, it's, it's really a beautiful gift to be able to go through these seasons and to learn and grow and become more like Jesus along the way. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you so much. We are so excited to support you and to support your book and your other books. Just thank you for being with us today. It's fantastic. And I will. Thank you for having me. I wanted to add, too, if you guys want more, Deborah has an amazing podcast. Oh, yes. um, Love and Relationships, right? Yeah, Love and Relationships. You guys should check it out. Absolutely. She goes more into detail, too, on her podcast as well, and obviously in her book. But if you want to just plug in your earphones and listen to another great podcast, Deborah's is amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you for your heart, for healthy relationships and for encouraging people. And I just love how practical this show is and the things that you speak to, to people on an everyday basis. So thank you for what you're doing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that felt so good. <laughs> Sometimes we don't get that. That's true. That's great. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. You guys take care. Thanks for listening, Rebels. Thanks for sharing this with your friends and family. If you know someone that's struggling, share this podcast with them. I think they'll be blessed. Thanks for loving us, for supporting us, for supporting us financially. We appreciate it. Thanks to Deborah for coming on the podcast today. God bless, Rebels. We'll see you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, You can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.